Good morning, and welcome again to 30 Steps to Success in Life. We here at Golden Triangle Church on the Rock, we're gathering together each morning. Early in the morning, the Bible says, seek him and you'll find him. In fact, I, I, I told our folks in the early service on Sunday morning that they were the people that would find God that day and he would speak to them because the Bible says, seek me early, you know, and those that seek me early will find me. Uh, thank you this morning for joining in with us. And not only those of you that are, that are uh, viewing by the web, but also all of those that are out this morning in our parking lot. You know, uh, I can't see you out there, but I hear morning after morning that you're out there. And I just want to thank you so much for listening in on our FM broadcast this morning. And uh, for those of you that are here, man, thank you. You know, it's so much easier to teach with the number of people that show up. It's, uh, you know, uh, uh, sometimes we, uh, we look at preachers and they're preaching over the television or they're preaching, you know, maybe over the radio and they really don't have anybody to teach to. It's kind of dull and dry from their perspective and wondering if anybody's responding. But I want to thank you all so much for coming out morning after morning after morning. I've been absolutely overwhelmed with the number of people that continue to show up. And here we are in our 12th day, day number 12. You remember day number one? What did we talk about day number one? dreams. We talked about unleashing our imagination. And again, you know, I am the recap king and I'm going to keep recapping. Uh, yesterday I was told by our, well, our, our, our director that it took me seven and a half minutes to recap. And yesterday as well, I missed my 10 minute, uh, little, little sign. They hold up, tell me I have 10 minutes left. I missed that completely. And so whenever, you know, I was, I thought, my goodness, I didn't have enough to say this morning. And then all of a sudden they held up their five minute thing. And I thought, Whoa, I better get in gear. So, uh, hopefully I can move us along a little better today. We are building on the dream that God gives us. You know, God speaks once, even twice, yet man does not perceive it, Job says. But in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls upon men while they slumber in their beds, God opens their ears and seals their instructions. Perhaps last night, God may have spoken to you and you could even yet be unaware. But something in your day, something in your week, something in your month can awaken what God has said to you. Do you remember the little widow woman? Do you remember that she was gathering sticks? Elijah the prophet, he had completely run out of, of, of water at the brook Cherith. You remember that in Kings? He had run out of water and, 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 and God said, okay, I'm going to send you to Zarephath and a little widow woman there. I've commanded her to sustain you. Now, Elijah gets up and goes to Zarephath, and when he gets there, he finds this little widow woman. There's a drought, there's a famine, basically, and, and, and she's gathering sticks, and she is going to cook her last meal. She only has a little bit of oil and a little bit of, of, of meal, going to cook her last meal, and she and her son, they're going to eat it, and then they're going to die. That's her plan. Eat what I have and die. And the prophet of God was sent there. She had already beforehand been commanded to sustain the prophet, but she was unaware of that command. She didn't know about it, even though God had already spoken because God said previously, I have commanded there a widows to sustain you. God had already made a plan. He had already spoken to her perhaps in her nighttime and she got up unaware of it. Maybe he spoke to her days before and she went along in life unaware, unaware, unaware of what God has said to me, unaware of the plan of God, unaware of my destiny, unaware that God has something bigger for me than I could ever imagine, unaware that God is going to sustain me, unaware that, that God, God has chosen me to do something miraculous. And the prophet of God went there. He finds her gathering sticks. He finds her with her plan, her plan to eat what she has and die. And then he spoke to her. And when he spoke to her and he said, you make me a cake first. 
And God will make sure that your little bit that you have of oil and meal does not run out until he sends rain again. Now, later on in that passage, the Bible says basically that what changed her was when when Elijah spoke the word of God to her. You see, someone came along with the word of God and it ignited what God had already said in her spirit. It awakened the command of God in her life. It, it, it brought a reality. It, it, it all of a sudden caused her to see, my goodness, God has spoken to me. What would cause this woman to believe a foreigner, to believe a man that he was going to need and require her son's last meal? I mean, come on now. Get real. How many con people are out there and and, and how many people are just being selfish and trying to take care of themselves? It would have been very easy for her not to have believed him with the exception that God had already commanded her. And Elijah awakened that command of God in life. You see, I believe that God has already predestined you. I believe that God has a plan for your life, that before you were formed in the belly, God knew you. And before you ever came out of the womb, he had already predicted your success. He had already called you. He had already claimed you, that he had already decided that he was going to make something wonderful in your life. If you would just hear and obey, if you would just follow him along, he has a desire for his best to come to pass in your life. He has a dream for you and he will inspire you with that dream. And then as you allow it to awaken in your life, as, as, as he brings it to the forefront of your thoughts, many times because we investigate, what are you saying to us, God? Many times because we ask. And as we ask, that command awakens we ponder it. We begin then to declare it. Then we, we make sure that we have the relationships that God offers us because it's often through relationships and through presentation and through participation. And some of the other things we talked about is we need to work on our character because charisma might get you something, but character is what's going to keep it for you. So you don't ride that roller coaster of always achieving on your own merit and then finding out that you don't have the depth of life or the depth of character to keep people impressed for a very long time. And they end up not being impressed, being depressed with you. And then we talked about humility because God gives more grace to the humble. How important it is for us to have humility. How important it is as, as well for us to have endurance and kindness. Yesterday we talked about uh, uh, the, the candor of a man's life, being candid. How important we call it candidness, the, 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 the responsible honesty that we should all walk in. And today we're adding an element to these 30 steps to success in life, a very important element. This element is the element of influence. Influence. Now, some of you think perhaps, well, you either have influence or you don't. No, no, no. You can gain influence. Influence. In fact, influence is just like money in the bank. It spins. And I submit to you what God said to me some years ago. And say, he, he said this, spend your spiritual capital. Spend your spiritual capital. You won't need it in heaven. Spend your spiritual capital. Do not be afraid to ask. Spend your spiritual Don't be afraid to ask. In the life of Joseph, 
We have been studying his life and we've divided it up into 30 different elements of success, 30 different steps that he took to take him from one place through change to the place that God wanted him to perform at his highest calling. And that's what we are endeavoring to do is place these elements in our life so we too can understand how to act and react in different situations and to be very conscious as many of you have told me and many even have, have, have told me that are viewing by the internet and some as well who, who are watching in our, in our, our listening rather in our parking lot they also have reported to me that some of the things that we have talked about, these elements, have been very important in their day. Something has happened, and they have gotten to refer back to it. God's spoken to them. He's, he's revealed to them, and it's caused them to take a little different course. It's caused them to take just a little different path of life, <clears throat> and, and it has, has worked for them. This one, too, will work. You remember Joseph. Joseph was, the, was, was in the prison, unfair wrongly imprisoned, uh, uh, unfairly and unjustly accused, falsely accused, but he finds himself in prison serving this butler and this baker that were formerly the chief stewards in the house of Pharaoh. They had offended Pharaoh. So as he's serving them there, he sees that they are sad. He stops by and just, just, just cares, just gives them a little common care, a little kindness. Why are you so sad? Then he listens to their story. And then God inspires him for him to give them an interpretation of the dream. And so he's honest, even to the point, responsibly honest, to the point of real candidness that one of them is going to be exalted back to his position and the other one is going to basically um, be executed. And so we pick up now in verse 14 of chapter 40. This is what Joseph said to the one who's going to be restored. He says, but remember me when it is well with you. Remember me See, he's not afraid to ask for something. He has evidently invested in this butler and he is gaining influence. And soon, very soon, God is going to really make Joseph influential in the butler's life because everything that Joseph has said is going to come to pass. And that's going to give Joseph tremendous amount of credibility, tremendous amount of influence, some spiritual capital. He invests in another person and that's going to produce spiritual capital. And so here he is going to spend this influence. He's going to spend it. It'll do him no good. I mean, I mean, uh, the butler could have thought Joseph was a great guy the rest of his life, but never done Joseph any good. Joseph is going to spend his nickel here. He's going to spend his influence. And he says, listen, remember me when it is well with you and please show kindness to me. Make mention of me to Pharaoh and get me out of this house. <laughs> get me out of this prison. He's asking. And certainly because he asked, it is going to happen. This man is going to remember Joseph. He is going to help get him out of this house. He's going to mention him to Pharaoh. Now, of course, it's going to be two years later, but, but that's not the point. The point we're talking about today is the fact that Joseph right here decided he had a decision to make and he boldly decided to ask to go ahead and spend some spiritual influence for the kingdom advancement, for the advancement of the dream that God had given him. And so we too need to realize 
that we do not have, the Bible says, you have not because you ask not. That's what the Bible says. And it continues to say, ask and receive. Jesus said, heretofore you have asked me nothing. Ask and receive that your joy might be full. Spend your influence. Spend your spiritual capital. You see, every one of you either have influence with someone else in this world or with a little bit of investment, a little bit of attention, a little bit of care, a little bit of humility, a little bit of participation, a little bit of presentation, a little bit of making relationships. Just a little bit of doing the things we're talking about can bring you to the place where you begin to gain influence with other people. And as you begin to gain this influence, and you should, there comes a point in your life that God intends for you to spend that influence. God intends for you to ask. It could be that you're making a relationship with a sinner right now, with someone who does not know Christ, with someone who desperately needs help. And in a future time, you can spend your influence to win them to Christ. You can spend your influence to bring them to the house of God. You could spend your influence perhaps to, 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 um, to, uh, you know, get them involved in the kingdom of God. It could be that you are making relationships right now with God ordained individuals that God has put in your path that may now or may in the future come to positions of wealth fame, or fortune. And when they do positions of power and authority, you might be positioned to encourage them, to ask them, to influence them, to participate financially in world missions and to, and to, and to pay for a water well being drilled or, or, or to, to help uh, some needy person that you know in the community, maybe a single parent that, that, that they can't buy school uh, uh, clothes for their children this year, that you could spend. Don't be afraid to ask. Build your spiritual capital, build your influence and realize that God is introducing you to people. He's getting you to participate. The reason why we do present ourselves right and we are of a humble spirit, a caring and a kind spirit. The reason that we do the things we're talking about here, that we're candid and that we, that we have endurance is because one day we might need to spend these things and your credibility, your spiritual credibility, your influence should be gaining momentum. But not just so you can leave this world as a person that everybody thinks good of, but rather so that you can spend your spiritual capital. Spend. You will not need your spiritual capital. We save our money for a day that we might need it. We put money in a, in, a, in a savings account. It's our financial capital. And in a rainy day, we might need to go into it and get a few thousand and do something with it. Yes, you have, you have financial capital. And someday you may be required to spend it. Or you may die and pass it on to your, to your uh, uh, you know, heirs. But you can't pass on your spiritual capital to anybody. You have to spend it on planet Earth. Be the kind of person that builds capital. Builds influence puts it in the bank of many lives in many situations. And then in the day needed, like Joseph, he spent his spiritual capital. Remember me, mention me, get me out of here. He asked, you will no longer need that spiritual capital in heaven, by the way. 
And through influence, gaining enough influence, you can learn how to lead from the middle of the pack. You can learn how to change the course of your community, change the course of your schools, change the course of your, of your business, of the place you work, you're employed, of your church, of your community, from the very middle. You don't have to be in charge to change things. All you need is influence. Influence. Spiritual capital. Leading from the middle of the pack. You can do it if you'll be wise enough to put that spiritual capital in the banks and then begin to spend it in the day appointed. The truth of the matter is, is that faithful service to God may result in our gaining favor with influential people. And we should not be afraid to spend our spiritual capital for the kingdom of God. Have you got your faith confession? I've already made mine again this morning. I trust that, that you get up. Uh, uh, sometimes I do it before I get up. Sometimes I do it more than once. I'll do it driving here, on the way here. You know, and, and this isn't, I made my Bible confession. And Mike, you'd be so proud of me again this morning. My Bible confession. I made, you know, I'm, 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 I believe in confession. I believe that believing in your heart and confessing it with your mouth, if that's good enough to get a person born again, it's good enough to get all the other treasures that God would have us to have. And we should fear lest one promise being left, lest Jesus having paid for one promise, any of us should fall short of it. Let's make our confession. Make it strong this morning. Are you ready? Through Jesus, my Lord, I am more than a conqueror. I have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. My spiritual eyes are being opened so that I can understand my calling, the wealth of my inheritance, and the kingdom power available to me. I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. No unclean or impure thought can captivate my mind. No sickness or disease has a right to my body. No unholy spirit can seduce or deceive me. The Word of God is my meditation and my answer. I commit myself to God. He causes my thoughts to become agreeable with His thoughts. Because of this, everything I put my hand to will prosper. God has a plan for my life. He will succeed, and I am going to participate. By now, day 12, this confession should be becoming memorable in your life, in your mind, in your heart. We will continue through these next 18 days. You will realize that this becomes first nature. You will be able to bring it out of your heart. Right now, you're putting it in your heart. You will begin to bring it and the fruit of it out of your heart. What can you do about your day? Listen, I want you to contemplate your inner circle of influence. What are you doing to build and to bless the kingdom of God with your influence? Hebrews 10, 35 says, Therefore do not cast away your confidence. It had great recompense of reward. That's what the King James says. That word confidence means all outspokenness, the ability, the boldness to speak up, to ask. Don't be afraid to ask. Because Psalms says, God blesses me so that I have something to invest in his work. The reason that God is bringing you into influence, the reason God is blessing you is to make you a blessing. Spend your spiritual capital. God bless you.